Can't escape it. Ain't no use in trying. It's gonna hurt you till your heart is dying. No exception. Love will leave you crying too till you're a broken man. Poor you. Wait. What? What? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, uh I'm uh, celebrating my love for a uh, classic anime series, Roma. What? It, what is that classic anime series? <laughs> oh boy, what a what a huge question you've just asked me without knowing. Uh, it, it is actually a, a very uh, complicated answer, one that I'll, I'll be delighted to get into with you. Let's get into it. <laughs> hey, Roma, it's Max. Um, I know we had some plans to get together again today and do a follow-up to the Tenchi Muyo content that we recorded. Well, it's kind of awkward. Uh, I made some new friends, um, and, I mean, long story short, I'm in space right now, so... Um, don't have access to the internet, just gonna beam this down via one-way transmission. Yeah, I don't know, it's a crazy story, I'll have to tell you more about it later, um, if I ever, if I ever make it back to, you know, planet Earth. We'll see! Um, anyway, hope you're doing good, and, uh, I'll talk to you later. and welcome to the hyperfixation. My name is Roma. I use they them pronouns and today I am joined by Max. Hi there. My name is Max. Uh you may use either he or they pronouns for me, whichever suits your fancy. <laughs> Heck yeah. So the purpose of this show and of course I don't know if you're jumping in now or if you've been listening in chronological order or whatever order you've been listening to, but here I interview my friends or new friends about something that they've been hyperfixating on for a long period of time within a time of 30 to 45 minutes so I can inquire an approximate knowledge of many things. And so today, what are we talking about? We're talking about a fr an anime franchise uh, known as Tenchi Muyo. Oh my goodness. And so I'm not going to lie. I have not heard of this show before okay. the, your podcast got onto the Moonshot okay. Network and I started seeing the tweets. Actually. Tell me more about that, like about because that's how we met. We met through the Moonshot Network, right? Yeah, uh, I run. A, I'm the host of a podcast called the After School Anime Club, whose uh, mission is to transport the listener to a specific place in time, and that specific place in time is the North American continent in the mid to late '90s, uh, <laughs> because our our job is to recreate the experience of joining an anime club and watching a bunch of TV shows that are new and strange and different that you've never heard of before. Okay. Um, and basically uh, what we're doing is kind of a combination rewatch podcast and game show podcast where I uh, give my friends, Max Kostrak and Stevie Matos, a, uh, a little game that I, that I create every week, different game every week. Uh, and then we talk about a couple episodes of an anime that we watched. Uh, in the week preceding that. Mm -hmm. And it's tremendous fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. I am kind of a fake anime fan. <laughs> I haven't really watched anime regularly since like the mid 2000s. Um, but Stevie and Max are both tremendously real anime fans who watch lots of modern anime. But the show isn't really about modern anime. If it came out after like 2007, we're probably not going to cover it. Really? Yeah. Ooh. 
Um, because I think there is an, I think this is a really interesting time period for anime in, in North America specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, because there, it was first breaking, a lot of Western markets had pretty much in, ignored Japanese animation entirely until about 1995, 96. Okay. Um, except for, um, local stations like, you know, your PBSs and other affiliate stations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and 95, 96, 97 was around when Toonami started broadcasting anime on Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was kind of a boom period, really. There was a ton of stuff being brought over. You didn't have Crunchyroll, you didn't have Funimation, you didn't have any of these services that are serving you streaming anime constantly that's like simulcast in Japan and the US. This was a time period when anime dubbing was completely new, There, it was untested, there was a lot of experimentation going on. This was back when, like, do you, Roma, do you, are you aware of Yu-Gi-Oh? I am, I grew up with Yu-Gi-Oh. I was, I'm a 96 okay. baby and yeah, that's, that was part of my childhood. <laughs> Are you aware that all the characters had their names changed to more American sounding names for the English dub? No, actually, I did not know that. <laughs> it's true. Um, Joey Wheeler's real name is Jonouchi. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you the rest of them, but jo Joey Wheeler, Tristan, Taya, all of these characters had their names changed and to, to be more American. And so this was a period and you would never, ever, ever, ever do that in in the age of Crunchyroll and Funimation. Absolutely not. That, that would simply not be done. No. Um, it would be like if they changed the kid in Demon Slayer to be called like uh, Ken Johnson or something like that. It would it would seem bizarre Absolutely. and like an unforced error. Mm -hmm. um, but this was a time period when people didn't really know what to do with anime. And so they just started throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what stuck. And I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff that came out of that time period. Absolutely. And it's, it's surreal to think about it, too. Like, I never sat and looked back at my childhood with growing up with anime. like. Tsunami and and uh all the public stations or even like whatever we could rent from blockbuster was all i knew mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. yeah i never really thought about that okay yep well you got yourself a new listener <laughs> oh shucks I, I hopefully hopefully i'll have at least one more <laughs> absolutely uh, <laughs> pointing my finger at you you there in the headphones yeah breaking the fourth wall listener so I'm sorry, I derailed this. My uh, ADHD is showing. That's fine. I love talking about this bit. I do a whole podcast about anime from the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, you can talk about it forever. Yeah, so check that out. Do it. After you listen to this episode, go check that out. Call, it's called After School Anime Club. Mm -hmm. And it, what's, what's the Twitter for that? We'll remind him at the end, but... We're at Anime Club Pod. Perfect. So I see... Now that I've got your Twitter pulled up, um, that you have talked about Tenchi Muyo on this podcast before. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm very excited. So how did you get into this show? Because I, I, like you said, you've been listening to, or watching a lot of old school shows. So th is this part of your sure. childhood? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, Tenchi Muyo first aired on, on, on cable in 1997. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Tenchi Muyo first aired on cable. Uh, in the United States in the year 2000. Um, prior to that, it had been featured on the uh, uh, a PBS affiliate in California called KTEH. Um, and before that, as far as I can tell, it just was not in the United States at all. Um, but mm -hmm. it, in July of 2000, July 3rd, 2000 specifically, Toonami started airing the English dub of Tenchi Muyo. And before I go too further, I should say that Tenchi Muyo is... 
Um, what they aired was an OAV. Do you know what this is, Roma? Um, you familiar with the term? An OAV. I know I've seen OVA, but not OAV. Yeah, they're the same. Oh. They're interchangeable. Okay. Um, uh, essentially, what it means is what we're talking about is direct to video. Um, typically, you would have in magazines like Shonen Jump or other publications of that sort, you would have numbers or catalogs you could call into to order anime on VHS tape to be mailed to you. And the very first Tenshi Muyo, um, the very first run of Tenshi Muyo was a six episode OVA um, that was known in Japan as Tenshi Muyo Ryo Oki. And in the United States, it's just called Tenshi Muyo. Mm -hmm. There were two OAVs. I'm going to just use those interchangeably. Yeah. Uh, there were two OVAs and then there was a TV series. And since then, there have been many, many, many OVAs and several, like a ton of spinoffs um, in syndicated television. Uh, but what aired in the United States first was that first OVA, Tenchi Muyo Ryo Oki. And it is, um, are you familiar with the genre known as harem anime you know i was like i don't know if it's appropriate to ask but i'm looking at this google search and it kind of looks like a harem anime like i'm not sure well here's the thing <laughs> we didn't have the we didn't have the terminology uh it, when this first aired so let me wind the clock back a little bit because it took a while for tenchi to come to the united states mm -hmm. and by the time tenchi came to the u.s the harem genre was already very popular and there would there had been a lot of spinoffs um, you know, love Hina and the like. Mm -hmm. no, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I said spinoff, but th th those those franchises were not really related to Tenchi at all. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, in 1992 was when the first Tenchi VHS was made available to the public in Japan, and it is kind of a tone setter for the harem genre, and it establishes some tropes. Um, but I would say that it is missing. Some certain hallmarks of the genre it's not quite as horny as you would expect from a harem anime mm -hmm. there there's boobies in it of let's course. be clear about that um and the the plot does revolve around a very nondescript boy who lives with a whole bunch of beautiful women whose uh company uh he he doesn't feel super strongly about but they all seem to really want to be around him so <laughs> it has the trappings of the harem genre but the genre hadn't really been defined yet mm -hmm. would you say this like just to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. So it didn't quite like start the trend, but it was definitely the beginnings of that trend. I would say that is somewhat accurate. You could actually think of it as starting the trend because it was very popular in Japan. Okay. Okay. Um, but essentially, so here's the plot. There's a young boy named Tenchi Masaki. He's 17 years old. Uh, his grandfather operates a shrine in the mountains of Okayama Prefecture. And one day over the summer, while he's there, Tenshi steals the key and breaks into the family shrine's honden, which is the uh, area that holds the, the most sacred relics mm -hmm. um, in the shrine. Um, and he does this against his grandfather's wishes uh, because the story he's been told his whole life is that there's a demon that was sealed in the shrine 700 years ago by his um, and one of his ancestors. Mm -hmm. And Tenshi, of course, is very curious about this, uh, bored out of his mind, spending summer with his grandpa, uh, who doesn't even have a TV. And so he goes into the shrine, he finds a magic sword, and awakens the actual real demon that was, in fact, sealed in there 700 years ago. Oh, no. 
Um, it turns out, though, the demon is a pretty lady nice. who has fallen in love with him. Oh. Um, this is Ryoko. Ryoko is my favorite character in the franchise. She's many people's favorite characters in the franchise. Mm-hmm. She's the um, she's the one who has the kind of Silver the Hedgehog hairdo. I, I already love her. I'm looking at her right now. She's wonderful. Oh. She is... She's really, uh, I mean, she's very sassy. She's very funny. She's very um, forward and very aggressive. She's also extraordinarily powerful. She can fly. She can shoot lasers. She has superhuman strength. Uh, she can teleport and phase through walls and all this kind of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the relationship between Tenshi and Ryoko was devised by um, the author Masaki Kajishima as a tribute to the relationship between the main characters in the classic American sitcom, I dream of genie. Yeah. <laughs> so it is kind of a like a uh, hapless man with a very powerful woman uh, dynamic. I absolutely adore it. I'm <laughs> yeah. that's what we all do. So, um, yeah. So they released this six episode direct to VHS series. It became unbelievably popular. Um, which warranted the production of two extra episodes. Each were released in their own VHS. And then a second order for another six-episode OVA. Beautiful. Um, and after that second six-episode OVA, it got popular enough to become uh, to, to, to justify syndication on Japanese television. And that's where you get the series, which is known in Japan as Tenchi Muyo TV, and known in the United States as Tenchi Universe, which is considered by many to be the, like, the the if the ovas are the are the rough draft universe is the uh final draft mm. according to many fans okay so when you say that are you saying like the the ovas were so that they're the rough drafts and so that means tension universe is basically what happened in the ovas just like polished yes correct okay. there's no there is no continuity linking the two of them um in fact, the OVA has its own, the OVA is a, is a continuity all to its own, and all of the series that are released as OVAs for Tenshi follow that continuity, but everything else is self-contained entirely. Okay. Um, so Tenshi Universe like, will, opens by retelling the story of how Tenshi meets all these ladies, and also adjusts their characters and backstories a little bit. So for example, in the OVA... Uh, Tenshi meets Ryoko, and later we learn that Ryoko, um, though she's been imprisoned in the shrine, has been kind of watching Tenshi his whole life, Hmm. like literally spying upon him as a child. Uh, Oh. This creeped a lot of people out, pretty justifiably. (laughs) And so in Tenshi Universe, when Tenshi and Ryoko meet for the first time, they're meeting for the very first time. They, They have no history with one another whatsoever. Okay. Um, so the romance can proceed with a little bit less of that, you know, ickiness because of that. I guess, you know, good on them. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. But here's the thing is that Masaki Kajishima was the one who wrote that. He's the he's the uh, the creator of the credited as the creator of the OVA series. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not the creator of Tenchi Universe. So somebody else came in and said, hey, um, you know, Kajishima san, we should maybe update this a little bit. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, but okay, so uh, in the o- the OVA series follows the adventures of Tenchi as he meets a bunch of different women who are all from space and all of whom come to fall in love with him. Um, 
First is Ryoko, who we already know about. Second is Ayaka, who is the princess of a planet called Jirai, which to which apparently Earth is a vassal state, even though we don't know about it. Um, and we learn that Tenchi's grandfather is in fact the very the very same as the ancestor who sealed Ryoko away 700 years ago, and that he is Ayaka's half brother and fiance. Uh, this show is yeah. getting wilder um, and wilder by the second. Yeah. Well, that's another one that they changed. So, okay. <laughs> so it, it, of course, when Ayaka and Tenchi meet, there's, there's romantic tension. In the in-universe, once again, they change the relationship so that they, they are distant, 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 cannot stress the distance enough cousins, like so far that it's not worth calling them cousins. Okay. Um, <laughs> In in the OVA, she is his aunt, basically, which is horrifying. <sighs> but anyway, the reason this show I think has has progress has lasted so long is not because it is a harem and has like lots of lots of anime wives in it. It's because there is a comforting, there is just this very comforting feeling of watching Tenchi Muyo, and I think it comes down to the fact that it the best and most interesting episodes are those that deal with the family drama of living in the Masaki household. Because the other thing that I maybe haven't mentioned yet is that as these uh, space ladies come to meet Tenshi, fall in love with him, they all, for one reason or another, end up living in the Masaki family home. As you do. Um, and a lot of drama and comedy is wrung out of this. Ayaka and Ryoko are the are kind of like uh the the like they're both deeply in love with Tenchi and they both have very different personalities you know Ryoko's kind of brash and forward and and overly familiar Ayaka is a, is literally royalty so she has she's very proper mm-hmm. but she also has like a kind of a sadistic streak so like they they're at each other's throats constantly um in a very funny way mm-hmm. um and all of this is kind of uh, honed to an even finer edge by the fact that this show was produced, as I mentioned, in a time when anime dubbing was very new. Um, there weren't a lot of the conventions that you see today in anime dubbing. Uh, like, so you're, would you call yourself an anime fan? Roma? Absolutely. <laughs> so you know what I mean when I say dub voice, right? Absolutely. <laughs> People in anime all kind of talk like this, and um. This is not me. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying this to criticize dub actors because it's one of the hardest jobs a voiceover professional can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if, if a certain, if a certain style of performance becomes codified as the, as the, the milieu, then that's, that's probably for the best really. But this was a time when that style of performance had not been codified. And there were people who were bringing to the table styles of performance that i have not seen in anime since um and Ooh. in particular the reason that i fell so in love with the dub i think has to do with the uh the performance provided by the actress patria burchard who provides the voice for ryoko um i really really encourage you if you're listening to this google or youtube a little bit of that english dub get to know ryoko's voice You've never heard anything like it in anime, I guarantee you. I am. I really need to go listen to this. I'll, I'll wait till after um, the show, it, but. 
It is understated and naturalistic in a way that, well, understated might be a stretch, but it's naturalistic in a way that that is extraordinarily rare in today's anime dub environment. You know, this reminds me of, um, it's like slightly off, but still like uh, to go back to the point you were making about uh, how like English dub, there's like an anime English dub voice. Yeah. Um, There is, there's a podcast that I watch because it's a YouTube podcast, Trash Taste. I don't know if you're familiar with Trash Taste. No, I've never heard of that. It's three YouTubers. Uh, One is like his dad i believe is japanese and his mom is australian or one way or the other so he speaks fluent japanese but the other two do not and so um they all ended up moving to japan together and do this like podcast that's a combination of like j blogging talking about anime talking about youtube content a lot of vtuber stuff but um one of the biggest things that they talked about in the beginning of their show was how um a lot of people will turn to anime to learn how to speak japanese and how it does not sure. translate well in the sense of, again, tone, like people don't talk in anime voice all the time. And so when is same thing in Japanese, like with. Uh, oh, of yeah, course. it's just, just, you know, th- so you, you learn to speak <laughs> Japanese in a way that makes you sound like a cartoon. character. Absolutely. You know, not me personally, but a lot of people <laughs> would. And, you know, they would be like, yeah, that's how I, you know, practice and make sure I learn everything. It's like, um, hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> Well, I'm a dub watcher. I prefer watching anime in the English dub. I know I'm a I'm a bit of a unicorn in that way, but <laughs> my opinion is that when when I am when I am listening to a character on a screen speak in my native language, I feel that I am able to empathize better and connect with the setting and the material better. Mhm. Which is not to say that I have any problem with subtitles. And in fact, I quite like watching foreign films in subtitle. Mm-hmm. I think the opposite happens when I'm watching like live action television and movies. Um, I think that it, the performance comes through much clearer, of course, when you're, wa- when you're watching in the native language for something like Parasite or mm. um, uh, I'm struggling to pull foreign films right now. I apologize. But, but gen- generally... When I'm watching anime, I'm watching it in the dub because I, I just want to, I want it to get in my brain better. Yeah. Um, and I think this all started with Tenchi because I watched Tenchi at the age of nine was when I first started because that's how old I was in 2000, July, July 3rd, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I follow, I follow Eliza Gager on Twitter. Do you know this person? I do not. She, just, just online gadfly, great follow, uh, who said once on Twitter that, at some point in your life, between the age of 10 and 14, a, a bell goes off in your head, and whatever you're doing in that exact moment becomes the thing you are into for the rest of your life. And for me, it was watching Tenchi Muyo. You know, I actually understand this. Um, I think for me, it was watching Tokyo Mew Mew. I was 14 years old, and okay. that started my cosplaying uh journey for the rest of my life and that was the first cosplay i had completely sewn from scratch and uh, apparently they're making a tokyo Mew Mew. uh they're reanimating it i've heard and of i'm this, very yeah. excited well let's see what else could i say about tenchi i mean it's it's a slice of life show featuring colorful outrageous characters doing 
uh, uh, funny things while attempting to live together in peace that is occasionally interrupted by sci-fi space opera kind of drama. But I don't really give a shit about that bit. (laughs) (laughs) That stuff is usually pretty poorly planned, not necessarily very well explained. And while the action isn't terrible, uh, it's just not it's not what I'm here for. I'm here for these these weirdo space ladies trying to live on planet Earth and their really nice friend Tenchi who would just like to be their friend even though they all love him. <laughs> you got this giant group of powerful space polyamorous women and one little asexual guy who's just like... Yeah, gee, gee. Hard to see how this affected my life in any way. Um, <sighs> well, one of the things that, that I wanted to go into here is that like a, a big difference between the OVAs and the Antenshi Universe, the TV series, is that in the TV series, not only do they reshape some of the backgrounds to make it less um, disturbing, they also cut back on the love story. So all of the characters that are imported from the, of all the characters that are imported from the OVA, only Ryoko and Ayaka are in love with Tenchi in the TV series Tenchi universe. It's just a love triangle between these three characters. Um, And that allows the other characters who are also charming and wonderful and hilarious to, I feel like it, it allows them to get a little bit more breathing room and develop their relationships with other characters more, which is so interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and wh- here, why don't I tell you a little bit about those characters? Yes, please. So w- we have Ryoko and Ayaka. They are the core triangle alongside Tenchi. And by the way, I've told you everything there is to know about Tenchi. He's a boy. He, uh, he, he's, he's kind of, he's a sweetheart. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't care for romance. He would like to just live peacefully with all his new friends. Oh, um, I love him so much already. <laughs> Tenchi's, Tenchi is honestly great. Like a lot of, harem protagonists end up being extremely nondescript and while tenchi is nondescript he has personality um that comes out every once in a while like he's kind of snarky he is he gets easily annoyed with the antics but he still appreciates the company of all these people uh in the third episode of the ova third episode fourth episode of the ova maybe the fifth i don't fucking know maybe i'm maybe i shouldn't try to do that but at some point in the ova we meet mihoshi uh, Mihoshi Kuramitsu, who is a detective with the Galaxy Police Force. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is a... Are you familiar with the fashion trend in Japan known as Ganguro? I am not, but I would like to be. Uh, Ganguro is this type of fashion in which, I don't know if it's popular anymore, um, because it unfortunately quite resembles blackface. Oh. Um, but it is a, it's a fashion trend that involves... Um, darkening the skin to achieve what looks like a very, very, very deep tan, and while also having platinum blonde hair. Uh, you know, I've seen this. Um, Mihoshi is kind of a space ganguro cop. Um, wow. But she is, she's also a very popular character because she is uh, ditzy and kind of clumsy, um, but extremely well-meaning, very sweet to everyone. Um and somehow extraordinarily good at her job. Like a, a major plot beat in the first OVA revolves around the fact that she gets sent off to deal with the most wanted criminal in the galaxy as a way of getting rid of her. Like her, her boss is trying to liquidate this asset that's causing lots of damage to the, the galaxy police by, by sending her on a wild goose chase. And then she gets him. Um, much to everyone's chagrin. 
That's powerful. That's absolutely powerful. <laughs> uh, also joining the crew is Aika's little sister, Sasami. Sasami is a uh, 13-year-old girl who is has a little like precocious crush on Tenchi, but not much is made of it. Yeah. Um, and she is the like housekeeper of the Masaki family. She's the only one who knows how to cook. Aww. She uh because all the other girls are very either self-obsessed or uh in Mihoshi's case, just kind of an airhead. She's also the only person who like answers the phone and answers the doorbell and things like that. Oh, she's the mom, um, but even though she's 13. She's the 13-year-old house mom, yes. And then we're uh, in the OVA, we're finally introduced to Washu, little Washu, who is a 20,000 year old scientist, self proclaimed greatest genius mind in the galaxy, creator of Ryoko. Oh, did I forget to mention Ryoko is a is a artificial human? No. Uh, uh, tell me more. She's an artificial <laughs> human. Uh, she was created by Washu. Um, and Washu, unfortunately, is the embodiment of one of my least favorite tropes in anime, which is she is uh, 20,000 years old but chooses to live in the body of a 12 year old girl. Oh, womp womp. Not much to say about that. Yeah. I mean, thank <laughs> thankfully they do not really sexualize little Washu. Perfect. Um, when she is in her twelve-year-old body, she does create for herself an, a sexy adult Washu body that she uses to try and seduce Tenchi. But um, thankfully, they don't. They do. They do not sexualize the children in this TV show. Perfect. So I, I want to head that off at the pass for anybody who's getting worried. Ooh. We're good. We're clear. <laughs> um. And so they all live in this, and the, the, the great thing about having Washu involved is that it, it gives the writers of the TV show an excuse to do literally whatever they want and not have to explain it. So, like, we're talking, um, there is a, a run of three episodes in Tenchi Universe where Washu invents a device that allows them to look into alternate universes, and it breaks. And then we, so we do three episodes of literally just peeking in on Tenchi AUs as though we're doing like some fan fiction. That's a lot of fun. It's tremendous fun. And also in, in Tenchi Universe, Mihoshi is given a partner, a, a second space cop named Kione Mabiki. And Kione is kind of like they do this very funny, like uh, odd couple kind of thing where Mihoshi is messy and ditzy and kind of an airhead. Whereas Kione is very, like, she has everything together. She always has a plan. She's pretty serious. Um, she cares a lot about her job and her appearance and, and you know, uh, wants to be seen as, like, a competent and capable person. But she's stuck with this kind of idiot <laughs> who she pro professes to hate. But Mihokio is one of the most popular ships in the, in the franchise. I already ship it. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. How could you not? Um, and, and Kione is, is great. It's hard to pick a favorite. It's not hard to pick a favorite character. It's Ryoko, but it's hard to sort of rank them beyond that um, because all of the characters are so lovingly drawn and so brilliantly performed. Every single vocal performance in this dub is um, incredible. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it gives life to these characters in a way that made it so real to me as a child watching it. Um, and really touched me tremendously. Mm -hmm. <gasps> um, and I don't know if you're looking up like screenshots or whatever of this TV show, but, uh, the other thing about Tenchi is that it's gorgeous. Yeah. It has these like lovingly drawn hand painted backgrounds as, as the series goes on, it gets a little bit more of a budget. So they go, um, they can make more 
intricate and more stylized animation. The music is unbelievably good. Um, it is this sort of like general soundtrack of like 1990s and 1980s and 90s Japanese city pop. I love city pop. Oh, you! I posted a link in our private chat to the ending of OAV1. It's a song called Talent for Love. It was recorded in English by a singer named Sharon Scott. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the song that you would play to get me out of the upside down. A la Stranger Things season four. It is one of my favorite pieces of music ever written. Okay, yeah, I'm giving that a listen too. Put that on the you list. You should give it a listen. It, it all of the music in Tenchi is great, and it it is uh, does a very good job, in my opinion, of transporting you to that place and time to to be with these people. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, the draw of Tenchi is that this is a dysfunctional family that still treats each other with love, even though they, you know, they're at each other's throats every once in a while. And because of Tenchi's commitment to Tenchi, the character's commitment to not playing favorites with his guests, they all are on kind of an even keel. And it makes the, it makes the domestic seems just feel so comfy, cozy and wonderful. I love that. Oh, I can't recommend Tenchi Muyo enough. Um, yeah. The, the, the first two OVAs and the series Tenchi Universe are, they comprise a total of uh, 39 episodes of television. And it's, it's just really worth, worth a watch. It's hard to find, unfortunately. I, I think Tenchi Universe is on, is on streaming, but I don't know about the OVAs. Um, they, they may be more difficult to find. Okay. Oh, we'll find them. We'll find them. All right. Yeah, I'm looking through these pictures and I'm I'm seeing the art and like I've already liked how the style of it of the characters were drawn in the first place. But like now that I really got to take a look, like I can see the hand painted backgrounds now. Um, uh, um, the Masaki family home, for example, is gorgeous um, and on, on the outside and on the inside. And this comes from Masaki Kajishima, the creator of the OVA. His father was an architect. And so his first experiences as an artist were copying his father's drawings, his sketches for homes and, and buildings. And so he designed the Masaki family home very purposefully to have that kind of homey, comfortable aesthetic um, and to also be just gorgeous to look at. I see it. Oh, I love these little slots over here. This is so great. Oh, as that I'm, I, I don't know if you know that I'm I'm also an artist. So like to also understand the the thought oh, yeah. process behind um like what the mangaka or the animators like purpose and what they do is just so like exciting for me in like a a dorky way almost where I'm just like, oh and it I I'm bad at words right now, but it just, I get I get the giddiness. I'm like, that is so <laughs> cool. I, like even this one where it's Ryoko standing in a room and everything is destroyed and busted in there there's claw marks on the wall the glass is broken it still looks so freaking cool i would love to know what episode your your ref this still is from. i'm gonna pull it for you right now i don't know is it gonna show me as a yeah it's not a web np here we go let's send it to you now here you go that one this oh my god this is from <laughs> this is an image that precedes one of the best jokes in the whole series so ryoko is a uh is a criminal yeah 
she like literally she is a, an extraordinarily wanted criminal um who has done many terrible crimes um yeah on, on this podcast we support women's rights and women's wrongs we like when they do bad things absolutely and and ryoko does lots of bad things or at least has done lots of bad things in the past um so this is like this is the episode where they introduced mihoshi and there's this big fight with a demon in the that that ryoko summons a demon and mihoshi kills it by uh crashing her spaceship into earth uh by accident uh. and so this is a scene where so what she's got in her hand there is mihoshi's uh communicator wristwatch that connects her to the the galaxy police headquarters mm-hmm. and so she's trying to be coy with mihoshi about how she knows what this thing is and how she knows about the galaxy police and they play they stretch this bit out really long i'm just describing a bit from the show but it it's really great mm-hmm. uh, and it demonstrates something that that of, of the voice acting um that you that it makes it shows the uniqueness they play this out this bit out really really long where Yoko's trying to hint that she is like this famously wanted criminal and mihoshi is like wait are you it can't be and then as Ryoko is like g- really getting into the fact that she's about to be clocked as like a famous criminal, Mihoshi goes, are you a jeweler? Oh. Because <laughs> the joke is she understands the, the little wristwatch she's holding. Oh my. Um, and the, the line read on are you a jeweler is, it's so fucking funny. I love that. <laughs> Uh, Mihoshi's just wonderful. Ryoko's wonderful. Their dynamic is great. They don't get a lot of screen time together, but their dynamic is great. When they do, um, it's and it's cold. kind of exemplified by that. Like Ryoko likes to play pranks on people, and Mihoshi is unprankable because she's so naive. Oh, no thoughts head empty. I love. Yeah, ex- extraordinarily no thoughts head empty. Um, like for example, of the like kind of domestic stuff that I've that I've been talking about. The seventh, what, what's credited as the seventh episode of the first OVA, which is actually a separate episode released on its own afterwards mm-hmm. the the seventh episode revolves entirely around a conflict between ryoko and aika over tenchi of course of course in which both of them discover that tenchi's grant tenchi's father is the proud owner of a literal library of shoujo manga goals and they they both attempt to use romance manga cliches to win tenchi's heart <laughs> it, including like literally try they both try to stage a meet cute with him despite having known him for several weeks at the start of the episode it's just really funny Aww. and like all the other girls in the house are reading the manga because they just like it like they don't they don't think of it as like a guide to how to woo earth men <laughs> Um, but, but like Mihoshi and Sasami are both just reading manga and loving it. And Ryoko sees that and is like, wait a second. Is this like how to get Earthmen to fall in love with you? Me in middle school. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, um, do you like mascot characters? I, yes, 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 yes. Tenchi has a very cute mascot character. Her name is Ryo Oki. She is, uh, what's known as a cabot. That is a cat and a rabbit put together. Little cabot. Let me look this up. She is very small. She has big ears. She meows. <gasps> uh, she's Ryoko's best friend. And she turns into a giant, self-aware, meowing spaceship. What? She is Ryoko's friend and spaceship and pet. I looked up Cabot, and I see Cabot. I see human cat 
Cabot girl, but uh, I don't see ship. Oh yeah. Well, um, you might have to search for Rio Oki by name in order in order to get that. Hold on one second. Uh, and it is worth uh, bringing that bit up because the spaceship design. I mentioned that they do a lot of like, um, they do a lot of like space adventures and and sci-fi stuff in the show. The coolest thing about the sci-fi space stuff is not like the actual plot, but the um, the designs. So I, I've just posted that Rio Oki in our private chat. Is gorgeous. She is a radially symmetrical ship made up of giant what look like claws surrounding a sphere in the center. That is gorgeous. It's just really cool. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I you don't see ships like that in shows. No, no, no. Yeah. The cowards who designed spaceships in 2022 are afraid of radial symmetry. They don't want you to know of the power it possesses. <laughs> they want every spaceship to just look like a weird metal penis. That needs to Not be like... tweeted out. That's a line. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Unfortunately, they do turn Rio Oki into a sexy humanoid lady at one point in the TV series because, you know. A little little treat for daddy, because <laughs> um, they can't fucking help themselves. Uh, but for the most part, when she takes human form, she takes the form of a little child who is extraordinarily cute and, once again, not sexualized. Mm -hmm. I can't stress enough how much they don't sexualize the children in this TV show. You know, have you watched The Owl House by chance? Oh, yes. Uh, Ida is Ryoko. Yes. Ida is a Ryoko, yeah. basically. And in fact, the creator of Tenchi Muyo, or sorry, the creator of the Owl House, whose name I'm drawing a blank on. Um, Damn. She has, she has, you know, mentioned that Tenchi Muyo is an inspiration. Yeah. So, like, I think, I think it is pretty much a solved issue that Ida is Ryoko. I mean, look at the hair. Look at the eyes, look at the little fang, look at the earring. Like it's, she's real. Yeah. And I see a little bit of it too from Ryoki as well. Um, with like the ears and the, the hair shape as well. I, I'm in love. Mm -hmm. I, I am a huge fan of the Owl House. I didn't get to finish it. I haven't seen the finale, but. Um, I haven't ooh. seen a single episode. I just have watched a compilation of Ida enough to go. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's just a Ryoko there. <laughs> So that, okay, so then I do understand Ryoko perfectly then, <laughs> as to an extent, with uh my infinite love for Ida. I get this. I get the biggest smile on my face when I talk about Ryoko. <laughs> I just fucking love her. She's great. Um, I I don't know what else to say about her. Like she, um, she is bold and brash. She's uh, she doesn't. She doesn't afraid of anyone and she loves Tenchi for reasons that are, um, you know, never really explained or elaborated upon. She, uh, she's just wonderful. And, uh, uh, so much of that, so much of her personality comes from the performance that Patria Burchard, uh, turns in. Um, I, I truly think it might be my favorite performance in all of anime. It, it, there's just no, I've never heard anything like it. And I don't, she brings so much character to the role. And, and this is interesting to me. Patria Burchard was a stage actor um, and an actor in live action television before she came to Tenchi and now is an audiobook narrator. Oh, that. Yeah. You know, I didn't think of that as like a, 
a direction to go in as a voice actor. A lot of people specialize directly into one or the other. Like there's not a lot of crossover. And especially now that anime dubbing is more of a business, you you have people who didn't really come from maybe came from stage early, early in their life, like when they when they were in educational theater. Mm-hmm. But very rarely will you see a voice actor who had like a very strong stage or screen acting career prior to voice acting. You know, simply because it's so specialized and, and so, so much work goes into it. Um, so I, I'm in love with your, with your love for Ryoko's voice actor and like how the, the role was played <laughs> overall. But out of curiosity, have you compared yeah. the, the original Japanese dub with the English dub for, for Ryoko? Never heard it. No, <laughs> never heard it. I have never watched the uh, original Japanese. I'm sure. I'm sure the performance is beloved. Um, because she again, Ryoko has just as many fans in Japan as she does in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, her voice actress, I Orisaka, or hold on, let me let me make sure I'm getting that right. Her voice actress, I Orikasa, is very famous and has done has i mean she's she works so much just like just like how in the united states our dub voice actors just are are constantly working and have like hundreds upon hundreds of credits on imdb mm-hmm. same is true of the um of the seiyu uh in japan okay uh, and i orikasa has been around forever um she's been working consistently since 1988 whoa um, and is still active today, I believe. Let me take a look. You know, there's a part of me while you're looking yeah. for that, uh, that the part of me that wants to be the first person to experience your reaction to the Japanese dub. And but I also don't want to ask of that of you either, because you've gone this long. Well, here's the thing is that <laughs> I'm so it it wouldn't feel the same to me i don't think okay um because because of what i mentioned earlier about how much i just prefer um the english dub anyway yeah and also because i have such a strong connection to these performers um tenji is voiced by a guy named matt miller who is still very active today and this was very early in his career mm-hmm. so he he doesn't sound like he doesn't perform like this anymore he no. do, his his modern voice acting performances do not really sound like his Tenchi voice. Mm. Um, and that's not necessarily a criticism. I think every actor matures as they, as they work. Yeah. But there is a rawness to his Tenchi performance that is um, just so charming. Mm. You almost get it. You almost get what they see in him. Oh, okay. Now I have to watch this. Uh, so y- now that, okay. So if I, you said it was on streaming services. Is there a specific streaming service I believe so. that you know? I, um, I mean, yeah, I could Google it, but I wasn't sure if you knew off the top of your head. Um, you can watch Tenshi Universe uh, on Funimation. And it looks like... No, it doesn't start with Tenshi Muyo. It starts with Tenshi Universe. Let me see if Muyo is on there. Tenshi Muyo is the name that is given to the um, OVA series. Mm-hmm. And would you say that you should watch the OVAs before you watch Tenchi Universe? It's really hard to say. I think Tenchi Universe is the most polished, but Tenchi Muyo is considered by many to be the uh, the favorite. Okay. 
I like Universe a little better. Mm-hmm. Again, because I think it's more polished. It 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 allows them to do kind of a soft reset and and adjust some things to make it more appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all oh, it looks like all are available. It looks like you can watch both the first two OVAs and Universe on Funimation. Perfect. I have a Funimation so, account, so this this is I'm locked and loaded, great. ready to go. <laughs> Um, let me just make sure I'm reading this right. The, <clears throat> oh my goodness. Okay. So on, on Funimation, what they, they call, okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. They, they split it up in the way that Cartoon Network did. Um, on Funimation, you, there is a, th- a title called Tenchi Muyo OVA Series. Okay. That's the first two OVAs and the um the special episode 7 that I mentioned. And then Tenchi Muyo Tenchi Universe is the title of the 26 episode TV series. There's lots of other Tenchi Muyo content and I cannot vouch for any of it. <laughs> I was about to say cuz I just I I typed in Tenchi into my little Funimation. I'm like, "What's GXP? What's the Ryokyoki show?" Tenchi Muyo GXP is a spinoff about Tenchi's cousin Kenshi, uh, who joins the Galaxy Police by accident. <laughs> I've not watched it; can't vouch for it. Yeah, there's a lot of different fun stuff in here. Okay, well now I've got. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not Kenshi. Ken- Kenshi Masaki is the hero of Tenchi Muyo War on Geminar, which is a Tenchi Muyo isekai. Um, can't vouch for that either. Sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> um, GXP is about a guy named Sena Yamada, who is Tenchi's classmate. There you go. Oh, I've... Uh, it does not include any of the characters from the original Tenchi franchise. I've seen this picture before. Okay. There's a lot of, like, anime where I've, I've just seen it in passing on the internet or anime conventions or... Uh... Maybe like somebody I know has got the manga for it. So there's like a lot that I know vaguely exists, but kind of got lost in the clutter that is my brain. And so it just like smacked there, me like, oh, I've seen this. <laughs> th- there's another series on here you may be tempted to watch, but which I, again, I cannot vouch for called I Tenchi Muyo, which is a continuation of the, of Tenchi Muyo in which Washu contrives of a situation in which Tenchi must go back in time in order to save the current timeline. And he does so by becoming a teacher at an all girls school. Um, it's way too horny. I've watched this. In my opinion. I've watched this without any context. It's, it's just way too horny. Uh, Ryoko appears in it. That's the best thing I can say about it. Um, voiced by Patria Burchard. But uh, it's just not, I don't know, it doesn't have the same magic. In my opinion, you know, I I watched it completely out of context. Uh, My partner at the time, it's all coming. It's flooding back to me right now. My partner at the time when I was watching I Tenchi Muyo (laughs) did like Tenchi Muyo, I think tried to explain it to me, but I didn't have visual context. So it left my brain. I'm a visual kinesthetic person. So if you just say things at me without me looking at it, it'll leave. And so he started watching I Tenchi Muyo. And so, of course, they sat and watched a couple episodes with him. But we both like nodded our heads and agreed like. This is not quite, you know, this isn't quite hitting it for us, but I liked the animation. No. I liked the premise, but yeah, it was a tad horny for me um, for trying to just sit no. down and watch a show. 
Which is funny that I'm criticizing this TV show for being too horny when we're talking about a show that set the stage for <laughs> Arum anime <laughs> in the future. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just the size of it. Like, there's a Hot Springs episode in the first OVA, and, like, you do see some boobies, uh, but, like, the show is not about Tenchi having romances with these characters. It's about him trying to live with them peacefully as their friend. Um which I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the dynamic that that creates. And I think it is something special, even in the, the broader genre. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've, I, can I share with you that an emotion that I experienced at the end of almost every episode I've recorded of the show? <laughs> yeah, sure. What is um, it? Most episodes of this show, excluding the first episode, I had a vague knowledge about near automata from just passively being around Tony. But um, otherwise, every topic that I've talked about so far, I have had no prior knowledge or very little prior knowledge of. And so, you know, I'm just like, all right, like I'm about to to deep dive into something. I'm a little nervous, but we're going to go in, you know, just jump into the cold pool and, and get started. And by the end of the episode, I'm like hype. I am like vibrating yeah. and I'm like, you got to you got to properly finish the show so you can run over to your TV and get started. Or you got to, you know, calmly settle down and then later tonight you can go <laughs> download the game on your PC. <laughs> and so I'm like, have you started ah! near yet? I'm sorry, what? Oh, near. did you start playing? Nier? Yes, I have. Um, I love Nier. I'm not great done with it yet. I'm still in the 2B run right now, but um, I'm in love with the little machines. The game. I love them so Gameplay much. Wise. Uh, I wanted to say this while while I was listening to that episode. The 9S run is so fucking laborious. He sucks to play. Mm, you know? He he feels like garbage in your hands. To me, that's how really? I felt about My it. My precious I know, this, little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like him? He's so precious. It's the part I do I do not like him very much. I'm the I'm the 9S disrespect for <gasps> disrespect oh, for no. him, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, let me tell you, so I, so I just think 2B is a way more interesting character. <laughs> um, when I started playing as 2B and, uh, we meet, we meet nines, um, the moment that shorts wearing good little boy called me ma'am, I'm non-binary, but oh my God, I was like, I love this little you boy. Like I you like this guy. I love nines. I love nines All so right. much. I'll call him nines. That's how much I love him. Um. Uh, but okay. I, re- I completely understand and respect you're entitled, you're entitled to that. That's fine. Everybody likes but it's, signs. It was also probably because it's more so of like, <laughs> he called me ma'am. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, what do you call it? But I, I haven't gotten to that part of the game yet. I'm still again in the 2B section. So maybe when I actually start playing as him, I'm going to be like, actually just kidding. <laughs> well, he doesn't have, he-, he doesn't have heavy attacks. You should. I don't know. When I set him onto aggressive mode as playing as 2B, I got to stop him no. from killing other people. Well, but you know how you know how 2B has the one button for light attack and one button for heavy attack? Mm-hmm. His heavy he his when you hit the heavy attack button as 9S, something else happens. He doesn't do he doesn't swing his sword. So he only has light attack combos. Oh. I can see how that's, that's frustrating. That's a big big piece of my beef, really. I just like playing as 2B. <laughs> I also like self-destructing as 2B, but that, you know, I have reasons. Hmm. Yeah. You'll be ashamed of your words and deeds. 
Did you know that Tubi's butt has more polygons than most PlayStation games? I oh my I was I literally was about to say that. It's like Tubi's butt has more polygons than like the entirety of Resident Evil. Really? Yeah. I knew she had more than um like the let, let Ocarina of Time, but I didn't re- Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Easily. It's the most ro- lovingly rendered ass in video games. Uh, yep. And so I just remember I'm I'm playing in the Discord with some friends and uh they're playing Dragon Ball Z Fighters and I just, you know, was like, you know what? I've got three boys just hanging out doing other things. They're watching me stream the game into the Discord. And so I just hit the self-destruct button. They're like, what's going on? And then there's just ass. What's going on? Oh, there's her booty. Everybody got the, everybody's attention is on the screen now. You know, there's a funny there's a funny thing about the the booty and um you know, Yoko Taro is a very interesting guy. Yeah, he is. Did you know that, by the way, you know how we, in, in the States, we Americanize Japanese people's names by reversing the name order? Yeah. Uh, Yoko Taro does, has never, uh, he doesn't allow that. Mm, um, good if, for him. Uh, we, the, we Americans would, would in many other contexts refer to him as Taro Yoko, but he stylizes his name in the Japanese convention on purpose specifically to keep to make sure it stays that way which i just think that's interesting i love that more power to him yeah. he's a cool dude he's an interesting guy absolutely you should check out his other games um uh near replicant version 1.22 came out recently and it is mm-hmm. jaw-dropping i i would believe that and i'm i'm already there i'm already hooked I'll, i'm gonna go get it <laughs> they made a tenchi muyo video game they did? uh for the super nintendo it's probably like an hour and a half long and it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty shameless diet. Do you think? Cause so yeah. for this show, I also like to try to stream. Um, but if there is a possibility for me to stream any game in relation to Tenchi Muyo, um, is there like a way that I could, cause you said it's for the Nintendo, for the super Nintendo, super Nintendo. Yeah. It's not sold anywhere. So, uh, so I can't you get would it. have to, like an emulator or something. Yeah, you would have to emulate or use your totally real actual Super Nintendo and your real copy of Tenchi Muyo Game Hen that you definitely have. That I definitely have. Wink, wink in <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, but but for yeah, I I don't know if I could really recommend it because it is <laughs> again, it's not it's not a great video game. It's a kind of a uh poorly balanced poorly optimized um uh, tactics game oh <laughs> is it in space i don't understand why they made it a tactics game doesn't seem to make any sense but you know that's uh that's what they did they did it and now i have to find it i kind of i kind of want to do this now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well it's called tenchi muyo game hen and it is about uh, uh, aliens trying to kidnap Tenchi. <laughs> you can play as Ryoko and Ayaka and do all kinds of fun stuff. Heck yeah. That's going in my notes. Um, oh man. I, I'm having a blast. Like I know in the beginning I'm a little, what I'm learning, I I'm a little quiet in the beginning when I'm like absorbing a great deal of knowledge. And then once I have the knowledge sure. in my hands, I just start like jumping around with it and I get really excited. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to share with me and the listener 
um, about Tenshi Muyo uh, before I start pitching at you episode titles. <laughs> Let me think. I, I would just implore you to really give the dub a shot. Absolutely. Um, I know a lot of people don't like watching dubs. Um, I think, I think they have a bad reputation and, and I can understand why they do because it is difficult. It's a, it's tremendously difficult to, to dub, like being a voiceover professional, absolutely. um, whose job is to match the lip movements of someone speaking a different language is unbelievably difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard to do it in a way that sounds really, really easy and naturalistic. Though that has that has recently been changing. Like I think dub scripts are improving, mm -hmm. and I think the way voice direction works is changing. And I, like I think there there's less of a desire to stick to a direct translation. Yeah, I've been noticing that, and you know, and there was also like the 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 issue with the translation of like having the precise meaning moving over, matching oh, the yeah. lip flaps. Japanese is a very idiomatic language. It doesn't translate well to English. But they're they're doing their damnedest, and I'm proud of them. It's a, I, I I didn't get to yeah. say this earlier, and not in the sense it, I just I my mouth forgot to function. But um, with I am I am actually kind of with you on listening the dub over sub. I will listen to both. I don't have a, a necessarily like a, a strict preference, um, but I do appreciate knowing how much effort goes into doing the English dub. I will usually like One Piece. I've been watching it almost completely strictly in english and i am over 600 episodes that's another in. great dub honestly it's pretty great it's a great dub. um but um the the, the actress who performs luffy mm -hmm. um has one of the hardest jobs in absolutely in but she's so good absolutely um but what was it i will say in high school middle and high school when i first got into anime and then this kind of resonates still to this day whichever dub or sub that I listen to a show or watch a show in first is the only you way on I will like a baby. Yeah. Bird. That is the only way I understand it. My, my example being totally. Oran high school host club. I don't know if you've watched Oran high school host club. I know of Oran high school. Yeah. Um, so both the, the dub and the sub great phenomenal. I, the, the, the actual uh, voice acting I like in both. I watched the show probably four times. I was very obsessed with it in middle and high school. However, this was the time when Funimation would do English covers of the opening and ending songs for shows. I don't know if they still do that now. Probably not. I know at least in one piece, there was a point where they were just like, leave it in Japanese. It's fine. But for Oran or for any show in that era, like when Funimation was on Verizon TV, there was a channel for it specifically. Um, Whoa. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, when I was in middle school, my friend, she, I had one friend who had Verizon, and that's all we watched was the Funimation channel, and I cannot tell you how much Mushishi I have watched because of that. That was their filler show that was on all the time. <laughs> but I've heard Mushishi is excellent. Mushishi is excellent, but if you are like 12, a lot of it will fly over your head. But it is excellent. Animation, beautiful. Um, but yes, so when... uh. When I first heard the Oran High School Host Club opening and ending songs in uh, English, I hated them. Absolutely hated them. I was disgusted. I was like, why would you do this? <laughs> because I heard the Japanese one first. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the end of my tangent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I think, yeah, like I said, I, 
I really think you should, if, if you're listening to this, you should watch Tenchi, should at least give Tenchi a try in the dub. And I think you might fall in love with it just the way I did. Um, especially, um, especially if you, if you, if you get started with that first episode of the OVA, which is tremendously charming and has, <laughs> it's just really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, I do want to, I do want to put, I want to say this, and I am a person who cares deeply about, um, labor issues and issues relating to the rights of people who, who, who make their income by working. Mm -hmm. Funimation is not a union shop. No, it's not. Um, which is disgraceful in my opinion, uh, because the, the actors, uh, who work in this country have fought so long and so hard for union representation. And the fact that one of the main anime production dubbing companies in the United States is not union is an utter travesty. Absolutely. Uh, so it's hard for me to support Funimation uh, without saying that as a rejoinder. I thank you for, thank you for that because I had no idea. And uh, yeah. they're, they're, they're based in Texas. It's a right to work state and they typically do not. Um, they don't take union jobs. Wow. Unfortunately. Yeah. Which is like, so like there is, there is, um, so, you know, Funimation is the company that dubs Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, and the, the, first of all, incredible dub, um, brilliant performances all around because these, these guys have been doing these voices for like almost as long as I've been alive. Um, the actor who plays Goku, Sean Schemmel has injured himself in the booth multiple times. And like, he shares stories about that at cons as a way of talking about how devoted he is. And that to me is tremendously sad. Um, uh, yeah. Because no matter how devoted you are, you shouldn't be hurt on your job. Yeah. It, it just should, your job should not put you in harm's way. Um, and if, if a voiceover actor is passing out in the booth from lack of oxygen, then I mean, wait, what? Something, some, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sean Schemmel has screamed himself into unconsciousness, which is like, I mean, he's, he's putting his whole ass in the performance, but you know, there should be someone in there telling him, Hey, please don't do that. Please to breathe. Oh yeah. man. That's an, that's an, like, I'm sorry. I'm not good at words because that stresses me out. And like, it's, inc it's incredible. Yeah. Like, holy shit, dude. But also like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, dude. And why, where was your voice director when that was happening? You know? Yeah. Did you, did, did, I don't know. Whew. I would quit, but that's just me. I'll quit over anything though. <laughs> but hey, look, it's a, it's a dream job for lots of these yeah. people. Um, this is something that people care deeply about. Um, Absolutely. And I think a lot of people who are voice actors in the anime world are doing it because they care deeply about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is, I think why you get so many um, people who are willing to put so much into it. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you think about anime dubbing, um, it is a really interesting art form and those actors could use our support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I promise I'm not this deadly serious all the time no. when I'm on my regular podcast. Oh, no, you're good. I, I, uh, we have fun on After School Anime Club. Absolutely. I'm excited to, to, to dive into that fun. But I also... Uh, on a personal level i appreciate the balance between like yes let's be fun and silly and yes let's like have let's let's be real and have real conversations and 
Thank we you. We do try to do that occasionally. Like we try to do real critique. Like I, I don't want us to fall into the. There are two things you can be as a rewatch podcast that I don't want to be, which is either total enthusiast press where we're just talking about what we like and how much we like it, or you can be like cinema sins and you're doing the bullshit thing of like, well, <laughs> here's a plot hole, uh, self-congratulatory kind of shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't really want, we, we, <laughs> Max ribs me every once in a while because I do sometimes do that second thing, oh, no. but we try to actually like really talk about what's going on and, and where this stuff emerges from and what we, what we think is being said broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's fun. It's really fun to open up your whatever you're watching and take it apart and see what makes it work. You know, I love tinkering with my favorite things. Yeah. And so, if I may do a, a slight transition, unless there's anything else that you would yeah, like to it. say, I've been going. You know, oh, yeah. Let's. <laughs> you, I've I've said I've said so much. And so I've been uh, through this episode. I've been taking notes. I've been listening. I've been understanding. And um, it is time to make a decision. <laughs> on what to call this episode. And I, I think you may have noticed the the interesting titles I have decided for my show, because most people would mm-hmm. use the best options for their metadata and their clickbait and their SEO. And I did not. I, I, oh, I never did. That. <laughs> uh, I just make the title, whatever funny thing one of my other co-hosts said. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're going for here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to read off to you some options um, that I have written, mostly from things that you've said. And uh, I would like for you to pick which one you'd like to be this episode's uh, title. Please, God, yes. So I'm going to start with uh, Not Your Grandfather's English Dub. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first one. Do you think there are grandpas out there that are really into anime? (laughs) You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I knew somebody's grandpa (laughs) who was super into Ren and Stimpy. Um, Like, lots of lore knowledge. And the guy was a college English professor. Or no, I'm sorry. He was a biology professor. Well, that, you know, it has a broad, uh, broad appeal, Ren and Stimpy. Um, I will be one of those grandmothers or grandparents, grandpersons. Oh, I mean, me too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. So the next one I got for you is a uh, bold and brash for Tenshi, but the four is going to be a number four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know the reference there that I was making, by the way? There's a, that's a SpongeBob joke. Is it? that's the the spongebob episode where spongebob is uh trying to take art lessons from squidward yeah um squidward has a piece that he calls bold and brash oh. and when the art curator comes in to see their work he goes bold and brash more like belongs in the trash yo <laughs> and i've just always thought that was really funny there's two things you made me realize i don't know if i i need to say this right now one i have been my entire life my parents have not allowed me to watch spongebob i had an argument with my younger sister i was five years old she was three she like in diapers and i remember she and i had an argument about who was dirty dan my dad turned around and of course is in the sense of like not in a in an abusive bad way but he turned around kind of gave us both a little smack and was like what show is that from and i was like spongebob he's like you'll never watch it again and to this day they robbed you dude yeah and to this day if i text him a picture of me watch it like i'll just take a picture of the screen with spongebob on it he'll be like you're grounded i'll be like i'm 26 he'll be like you're grounded (laughs) And That's, ever since I was wow. five years old. And so with that, I'm in a discord called belongs in the trash. And I just thought it was because of the joke that, you know, our generation makes. It's like, oh, I'm just trash. And nope. 
the, that's the, a SpongeBob the reference. picture of it is the bold and brash painting, and I had no that's fucking a idea. Reference. <laughs> I'm learning so much today. I call this one bold and brash. For Tenchi. <laughs> um, what else you got? Title next wise? one I have is a. Well, this one's not nearly as funny, but it's just this, a show that's that eh, a show that set the stage for harem anime. So just more like <laughs> grand. Um, yeah. And then the last one I have is uh, make radial spaceships cowards. I'm I'm down with uh, that's the one <laughs> that's I like the one. The best so far. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Okay, that's it. Make radial spaceships cowards. All of my Gundam fans are going to be like, excuse me. <laughs> Ah, perfect. I'm so happy. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. This was great fun. Absolutely. I'm definitely uh, going to be binging this show and I will keep you updated as the show goes along. I'm sure you will be charmed. So how can everybody find you on the internet? Well, I'm on Twitter at Max Newland underscore. That's M-A-X-N-E-W-L-A-N-D with an underscore after it. Um, my dear friends Max Kostrak and Stevie Matos are my co-hosts on Anime Cl- on After School Anime Club, which is again at a Anime Club Pod. Mm-hmm. And we have new episodes out every Monday. So I recommend subscribing now. And uh, you know, if you like it, tell a friend about it. And uh that's your podcast and my, this podcast is both on the Moonshot Network. So you can Woo-hoo. check out a bunch of other amazing podcasts as well at Moonshot Pods on Twitter.com or uh, see some of us stream at twitch.tv forward slash Moonshot Network. Let's see. Is there anything you can find me on the internet at I appreciate your butt at the Twitter.com? That is I A P P R E C I, the number eight U R B U T T. Um, you can find this show specifically mm-hmm. at twitter.com forward slash hyperfix or the hyp- the hyperfix pod where um, not only will we remind you that, hey, the episode's out on Wednesday, but also um, you see the link to our discord where you can see all of the um, videos, all the pictures that Max has showed me and everything you may need that we talk about in this show um, today. Um, and last but not least, is there am I missing anything? I don't know. I don't think so. I am missing something. Oh, shit. I am missing stuff. Thank you to Offuscate for my intro and outro music. Can't forget that. Offuscate's amazing. It is at O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E. Amazing music. I literally asked this guy, please give me music that tickles the ADHD brain. And they said, bet. And sent me like the my intro song. And (laughs) I said, this is it. Um, So yeah, go give them a follow. Check out all the amazing stuff they make. Um, but I think that's it. Everybody be safe. Don't die. Drink water. Take your vitamins. Um, thank you for listening and badoop. Badoop. badoop.
Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice.